This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all spoilers. seen a lunar eclipse i don't think i have i i think that i've seen a two that i can remember solar eclipses one when i was a kid um pretty young probably actually so this would, would have been like 96 maybe and then one um there was one that was visible in the bay area just a couple years ago that i saw too uh, but no lunar eclipses what about you I think I've caught them without thinking about it. I know that sounds silly, but um, I don't know. I mean, it looks red, right? And uh, it's pretty It's pretty incredible when you see them in real life. It's really cool. And yeah. I love how House of the Devil is really not even centered, but it has this lunar eclipse for so much of the movie is this kind of like background thing that's happening and then eventually becomes like the centerpiece of the movie yeah and they they kind of focus on it in the news right in the background everyone's talking mm -hmm. about this lunar eclipse and I, you don't really realize till the very end um that that's sort of tracking our right. ritual i was looking up this movie and other movies to see if there were themes around eclipses and there is an excellent Wikipedia article about movies um, with eclipses in them. And it's a pretty long list uh, with a vast majority of them actually being about solar eclipses and only three yeah. movies about lunar eclipses. One of them being house of the devil. Oh, and the other two, Aren't horror movies, not right? Not that I recall. And so I was like, not important. <laughs> yeah, we don't care. But you guys can yeah, go check look it out. <laughs> um, I was really curious if this movie, because it is so much an homage to horror movies of the late 70s and early 80s, um, if it was grounding its premise of the lunar eclipse in anything historical. And so I was doing a little bit of digging to see if what major eclipses were happening maybe around the time period and saw that there was a major lunar eclipse in 1980 and then another one in 1986. So um, I don't know if that totally lines up with some of the other things in the movie, but um there were definitely some some big lunar eclipses around-ish around the era that this movie is supposed to take place in. Yeah, and this movie looks like it's hinging on the edge of the 70s, so it's probably that earlier eclipse. I did not catch those. I was little um, or not born yet. <laughs> and I don't think you, Wrong I don't decade. Think you were around either for those. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but... Um, 
Oh man, this movie is so funny because it's like this pastiche of like the 70s and 80s style. And I want to believe that this movie takes place in like 1979 or 1980. Um, There's like a few small things that kind of take it out of that time. Some of the music is from 1981 and 1983. Um, She's got a Sony Walkman, Walkman, that's a Walkwoman that's from 1981. Um, So there's like some stuff that's like kind of just more broadly 80s. But um, overall, I think that the styling of this works really well. How did you feel about it? I loved it. I I thought the styling was the coolest part of the movie. Um, Everything, uh, I was just thinking um, when I rewatched it, because of course I did, um, how stellar the production crew was for this movie. I mean, even the props were very authentic. You know, those cup, Coke cups that they show in the restaurant. Those are old school Coke cups. You don't really see those much unless you're in kind of like a more rural area right that has older supplies and things like that um yeah costuming was amazing the clothing was great the hair was great um the music was great yeah they look like they're from that era and I don't know how to even describe it but the way that they acted felt like it was from the 80s there was that kind of like 80s style mannerisms even in their like dialogue and how they're like talking to each other that just felt like oh yeah this is just a movie that was like plucked out of the early 80s because it's got so much of that like general 80s feeling to it there's sort of this cloud of doom that hangs over that decade I think because we didn't have cell phones Um, this girl doesn't have her own car things are just not as easy to navigate um, without the internet, right? So the whole movie just feels a little uneasy. You know, she gets her job by Mm -hmm. getting uh, looking at this nearly blank flyer, right, outside of her school. Mm -hmm. Um, She has, she doesn't have a cell phone. She has to use her friend's um, voicemail, like actual voicemail machine to leave a message for her she's using a payphone she she has to catch a ride from her friend to this babysitting gig and her friend like actually has a map that she's using to figure out where this (laughs) house is I was like how did people manage this it is such an analog movie like top to bottom and I think that uh was one of the coolest things it felt authentic amazingly the budget for this movie was only 900 grand oh that's pretty good I mean shoe string budget yeah you know they didn't really do anything crazy right there weren't any really big special effects so that's pretty cool they spent it all on production great production and and a pretty solid cast yes the cast really you know disappears into their roles like I know that there are Folks who've definitely been in other things. Um, the biggest name is probably Greta Gerwig, who's a side character. She's not even the main character yeah. here. Yeah, and it also features Tom Noonan. Um, if, if those of you are around my age, you might remember Monster Squad. 
he was Frankenstein in Monster Squad. <laughs> he's also done he's done a lot of of work, but um that's what I remember him from. I think sadly this movie had a fairly limited release and so its box office gross is only a hundred grand. Oh well they made money. <laughs> mm, did they though? No. <laughs> and this movie I I like this movie, but I was shocked when I saw the Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. score for this was 85%. That seems a bit high. That's really high. Really high. I I think, and this is maybe controversial, I, I think it's like undeserved. Oh, yeah. High. I think it should, I don't know, give it like a C, like a 70%. Yeah. I, I would yeah, give it, it an like- 80% for the style. For the production design and the acting, but it's not the strongest story, I want to say. You can tell it was made very lovingly and carefully, right? They filmed it on 16 millimeter film. Mm-hmm. Um, they went all in on the styling. And I think that what they were trying to go for was that kind of early slasher style where there's kind of a a long slow burn I mean we've seen that in Exorcist we've seen that in other movies where there's this very long lead-up period and then like it just and then ramps up really quick at the end and I think this one does that here too but it just kind of I don't know I feel like the the beginning to middle get a little bit muddled because the plot is not super strong it's not. And I think we need a summary so that we can dig into some of these details. Yes, gladly. Uh, so as mentioned, this movie uh, takes place in an ambiguous East Coast town, ambiguously in the 70s or 80s. College student Samantha uh, wants to make some money. And so she accepts a sketchy babysitter job at a very, very remote and rural mansion. Upon arrival, she realizes that she is not taking care of a child like she thought, but a weird old man's elderly mother. And this is all occurring around the time of a lunar eclipse. And this movie is totally leaning into classic horror movies of the 70s and 80s. And particularly, as you can guess with this season, uh, the satanic panic of the era as well satanic panic what a what a weird time that was you know I thought that was kind of limited to the 70s I didn't realize how much it spilled over into the 80s you know I really only knew a little bit about it like when I think of like the satanic panic I think of that case where the kids at like their daycare or preschool or whatever were claiming that there was like a cult in like a ring like happening and I think that was in the 80s but um I mean I feel like just going through this season and like some of the research that you've done I have learned so much more about how serious how like truly seriously they were taking Satanism at the time yeah same here I was kind of you know that's not my realm I don't um I don't believe in any of that stuff so it doesn't really spook me I don't really seek it out But I came across this occult criminal investigation um, reference uh, PDF, reference material from from this investigation out in East Lansing, Michigan. 
um, from 1988, and it has so much uh, detail about what does a satanic worshiper look like? What are they into? Obviously, it's heavy metal and uh, tabletop board games, so <laughs> I guess you got to watch out for me. Um, but there's just so much information in here, and it's really funny to see the things that freaked people out. And you're right. Preschools were the prime suspect for some reason. I, You know, I, I didn't get to go too far down that rabbit hole, but it seems sort of funny that that's where everyone was, was looking. It is so funny to read through this document with a modern lens because I was reading it and I was like, all these Satanist dog whistles are like describing my friend group, (laughs) a bunch of weirdos who are into bad music. (laughs) Yeah. Bad music. A child is clingy and may resist being left with babysitters, especially overnight. Like that doesn't seem odd. (laughs) I feel like it is like so paranoia inducing. Like I just imagine, I mean, we don't have kids, right? As you should know, based on the random parenting (laughs) things that we have talked about. I think that the, the paranoia of the time just is preying on people's already existing fears for their kids, right? Like the worst possible thing that you can imagine happening to your kid is them getting like raped and murdered right and so there was this like atmosphere of like oh not only are they like doing this but they're doing it through daycares where they can get access to as many kids as possible and they're listening to Iron Maiden while they're doing it (laughs) and their kid is smearing shit all over the bathroom (laughs) I swear there's like four or five different um, call outs in this uh, characteristic sheet regarding poop and pee. <laughs> I mean, that's and, just something little kids do, right? <laughs> and farting, don't forget. Yeah, farting's in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, and we're going to put it on the blog. So, like, do yourself a favor and check out these, like, absolutely bonkers drawings and you know things to look out for because who knows maybe you've got a satanist in your neighborhood i had a little piece of trivia i wanted to share yes Um, please Ooh, okay so um (laughs) i was not able to find a connection between these two things at all but i am putting it out into the world the the first quote-unquote horror movie that was ever made was in 1896 and was called The House of the Devil. What? Yeah. Is this a remake? Uh, reading the dis- the plot description of The House of the Devil, no, it's okay. not. Because that one has a guy who is like very actively like fighting against spirits in this house. Like there's like ghosts and like the actual devil and like Faust shows up. And so it's it's more about this guy like actually one-on-one dealing with these things rather than in the 2009 House of the Devil uh, that we're talking about where it's this girl who's being subjected to satanic followers. So there's like an intermediary in between her and the devil in this one. Yeah, we don't actually get to see the devil in this one. It's kind of a bummer. I know. Unfortunately, no. Um, but I just thought it was funny. This this film that is 
such a love letter to all of these other classic horror movies um, is named after yeah. what, is, what is the first horror movie ever from 1896. And I just thought that that was a cool little detail and maybe it's not a real piece of trivia, but I think if I like manifest it into the universe, maybe, who knows, maybe you'll see it on IMDb one day. Yeah, I mean, we can just put it out there and it'll make it true. That's kind of how the internet works. So I think you're good. Yeah, great. Fabulous. Great. Did you notice callbacks to um, some other classic horror movies while you were watching? Yeah, when I was watching this, it felt like it fit into a few different horror categories. So, you know, I thought about like Scream, of course, um, Mm -hmm. when there's the the invasion element. Um, There's... All, all of the occult stuff, I mean, you could almost relate that to any any 70s movie. I mean, I would even, I might even relate it to a little bit of Rosemary's Baby, a little bit mm-hmm. of um, mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But what were you thinking? Yeah, same. Rosemary's Baby, there's a unfortunate pregnancy at the end. Um, and there's lots of solar eclipse horror movies that came out in the 80s. It seems like there's kind of a little renaissance of eclipse horror movies. Um, funny enough that they're not lunar eclipses. Uh, and then totally Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, there was this little trend in the 70s of it, um, starting horror movies with this opening title card. So Amityville Horror and Texas Chainsaw Massacre both open with um, this title card that says that, it, you, you know, the events are based on a true story. And we get that here too. Although like, this is like certainly not based on a true story. So I just like kind of love that they like threw that in there, but the title cards are funny in this one. They are funny. I saw that and I was like, oh, that sounds about right. When I first read it, you know, it says 70% of Americans believe in the existence of satanic cults. And I, I didn't think too much of it. But then I reread it and I was like, well, no shit. I mean, they exist. What does that statement even mean? Yeah. Does it mean that 30% of people are ignorant to the existence of satanic cults? Because like they're not really a thing to believe in. They're just a thing to know about. Right. And then there was the stat about people who believed government involvement was going on but you know that makes a little more sense as a conjecture but uh I couldn't really couldn't really find any corroborating evidence for this so I kind of just took it with a grain of salt (laughs) I think they were just going for the shock value of saying like oh man all these people believe in satanic cults and like there's all these other people who believe that the government is covering them up which is funny because the government didn't come up in this movie at all i mean do you did i just miss that no 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 this movie okay. is very self-contained yeah. um in and like ooh, i want to talk about this a little bit too do you notice that there's like no one in this movie like she's walking across this huge university campus and there's like no one around it's pretty empty right yeah like and she's, then she's always the, alone yeah she, or she's at the pizza restaurant with her friend and it's just the two of them it's I I think that it's like maybe a mix of their really lean budget but maybe also their like I don't know it just feels like unnerving because yeah she feels like she's alone for so much of this movie like especially like when she gets to the house right like she's babysitting someone who is not visible to us 
Oh my gosh, that would be so weird. I thought it was so weird when she wouldn't stop going through the house. I was like, just sit down, watch some TV, and leave. Why are you snooping? I know. Okay, her snooping though, I was like, you're pretty funny because she like is, you know, she's got her music going and she's dancing and waiting for her pizza to show up, which was like probably the most <laughs> tension so in the movie, long. right? Yeah. Um, but she opens this door and sees that it goes down to a dark basement and she just closes the door. Like she <laughs> yeah. just, she doesn't snoop into the basement. <laughs> Girls got limits. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm ready to talk about some people getting killed. Please. Yes. We didn't have very much in this movie, but I still want to go through it. <laughs> I agree. Um, I do think that the first death was pretty shocking. Oh, yeah. I And I was expecting the movie to take off, but we, we kind of, after this first death, we, we, settle back down for a long while before the next one but but our first victim is Megan her friend which I was bummed about (laughs) Megan is so cool (laughs) she's such a good friend she is she um she helps out her friend like get this babysitting gig for one thing she drives her all the way out there and also is like this situation is weird like I just feel like Megan was so savvy to all of the red flags that were going on. And so I guess it kind of makes sense that she was killed first. I know. It's always that one, right? It really sucks because she she, she knew better than uh, for Samantha to babysit. It made no sense. Um, yeah. And then she gets it. <laughs> she does. Such a bummer. Uh, yes. She is um, parked in her car, just kind of like biding her time, I guess, until she's yeah, going to pick up her still- friend. She's still watching out for her friend. That's what I think makes it so much sadder. She's like hanging out, waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, and like, I don't get this. It, I just like feel like maybe this is one of the most 80s things about this movie is just like how willing they are to ignore red flags. Oh, I know. You know, Samantha and Megan show up at this house. This weird old guy is like, I didn't think you'd answer the ad if it was caring for my mother for a night. He, Offers her way more money. $400. Yeah, a ton of money. But then he looks at Samantha and he says, I can only pay you. I can't pay your friend. And I was like, dude, if it were me, I would say like, well, can my friend keep me company like yeah. here? Because she's my ride. Like she's yeah. like, she's her fucking ride. Like, oh my God. I was just like, why are you not asking any questions? I know $400 is like... <laughs> the amount of like rent and then some in these days, but still. There is so much to unpack with this first death. We haven't even talked about this $300 house that Samantha is now renting. She did not have to put down a deposit. She is moving into a new house to get away from her crazy roommate. And the woman looks at her and is like, yeah, you'll do $300 on Monday. I could not believe it. And the house that she's going to be renting is multiple stories, many bedrooms. It is like a full, huge, huge house. And it's only $300 a month. So so this night of babysitting money, like, sure, it's weird. But I get why she's like, $400 would be really good for me right now. It would be so hard to turn down 
a full month's rent and then some for four hours of sitting around. I So I get it. I yeah. get why, even, she, like, especially when you're in college. Right. Yeah. And they even tell her like, oh, yeah, like you can order pizza and like do all this. And yeah, he I tells mean, her like five times. <laughs> numbers on yes. the fridge, numbers on the fridge. It's his son that delivers the pizza, right? Yes. Well, I have a, we'll get uh, to yes. it. But yeah. We'll get to it. We'll talk, um, to, we'll talk about it. <laughs> so, I mean, we we do see this guy. Um, he approaches Megan in the car and they're chatting for a second and then he pulls out a gun and shoots her it almost felt like they knew each other for a second it was very casual yeah it was weird she gets her brains blown out yeah all over the dashboard it's super gross and he just so casually like move like shoves her body over to to the passenger side and he's got a pizza box (laughs) (laughs) gross yeah um and so he thinks tainted i know poor pizza (laughs) Poor Megan, poor pizza. I would have put up a bigger fight to have her stay for sure. Um, If they were that desperate to pay $400, I have to imagine they would have ended up being okay with it. I would think so. I know, right? Like he seems so desperate and you would be like, well, like you could just pay me $300 and like let my friend hang out with me. Like, I don't know. Just like the whole thing is very, very strange, but of Of course, it's strange. They're Satanists. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The next death isn't one that we see on screen, but we do see some bodies. I included it in my list. Me too. I called them the pentagram crew. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, We have three three bodies that are artfully arranged on the attic floor in this house um, with a big old pentagram drawn on the floor. Yeah, Samantha is on the other side of this door. She doesn't actually see anything, um, but the camera shows us what's on the other side of the door that she's kind of like thinking about snooping into. And so they're there, and we don't really see what's been done with them, what's going to happen to them. Um, And later on, she moves into that room, and they're gone. So I don't yes. actually know what happened to them. I don't know who they are. Do we ever find out who they are? There's a very, very brief hint of who they are. Um, okay. Which is they are the actual people who, the actual family who live in this house. Oh, bummer. Yeah. So as um, Samantha is doing her, you know, college student roaming around the house, she she sees in like a armoire or something type thing where she pulls out like a framed photo and the framed photo is the three people who we see dead on the three floor other people okay yeah. so yeah like, i that totally missed that <laughs> so i think that we're yeah we're supposed to believe that the people who actually own the house were were killed in the ceremony well that's a bummer it is for a bummer. Them. Yeah. We don't find them, Kate, until like maybe 60% through the movie. It takes a really long time. It takes a long time. 60, 70% of the movie, I want to say. And it is slow. And this is my beef with the movie. I think what keeps me from wanting to give it an 83% <laughs> is just how slow it is. You know, they spend mm-hmm. so much of the movie watching her snoop 
watching her deal with her crappy roommate, Heather, um, just kind of wandering around. I, and I kind of lost interest. And I think that's why I missed so many details is because I just got bored while it's watching e- it. Easy to tune out because I think they almost like want you to. It's very slow, right? Because you're like, something is going to happen, but I don't know when it's going to happen. And I I agree. I Like, so much of this movie is waiting for pizza to show up um, and watching <laughs> her, is. like, eat mystery sandwiches. Um. Yeah. What's the deal with the sandwich? Did she just, like, order pizza and then she was like, this is taking a long time, so I'm going to make myself a sandwich from, from their fridge? Like, what was that? It was so weird. And I, I wrote that down. <laughs> I thought she ordered pizza. Like, why is she even eating a sandwich, right? She's got pizza on the way. Um, And it's really funny because she does eventually throw out the pizza. And I'm like, hmm, that sandwich would have been kind of nice right now. (laughs) Should have saved it. (laughs) I liked the little detail of the pizza because we, like, see that connection that the pizza was a setup, right? It was, like the indicator to the cult that she was alone and settled in. And so this guy just like brings a random pizza that he picked up himself, I guess. And like when she opens the pizza, it looks disgusting. Like it looks like he's had it for hours. Like it just looks like cold. You know how pizza gets that like kind of cold, like sheen to it. I was like, Oh no wonder she threw out this pizza. It's probably just like not what she ordered for one thing. Cause he already had the pizza on him. (laughs) Well, I think the number on the fridge was to him. Yes. I, that's what I think. Yeah. So yeah, he, but I think he already had the pizza because he had oh, the pizza so? box when he murdered Megan. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So he already had the pizza yeah. before she well, would have called for it, I, I think. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it was pepperoni. That was what she ordered. So he yeah, got it right okay. somehow. Yeah. I'm not sure how that all worked out, but you're right. The pizza box was already there. I'm sure it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it might not make sense. <laughs> I thought that that like this little satanic crew is a weird mix of people. Like we have this old man and then we have his weird, weird wife, wife in quotes. Very weird. Like I couldn't tell what her, I mean, I could tell what her deal was because I was like, yeah, this is a movie about satanic cult so I I get where she's coming from but I was just like how are you not like trying to get out of here with all these red flags I know I know and even when he answers the door he says something about uh oh such a beautiful woman or beautiful girl and I was just like nope turn around (laughs) get out of here that's weird yes nobody nobody asked for your opinion man (laughs) yeah I mean that's really the only death that we get. You know, the three people who were already killed and then Megan getting shot, like, actually fairly early into the movie. We then have a very well, long stretch until the ritual. Like, and yeah. then the ritual is, like, where the rest of, like, the murder happens. Right. And I guess we can throw the pizza in there because she does throw out the whole fucking pizza. I was so sad. R.I.P. Pizza. pizza. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Pizza. I think it's been uh I think it's been drugged, right? Yes. She, she does get drugged. Yeah, cuz she eats the pizza and yeah, I think that she must like doesn't she like get kind of like foggy or something and then she like wakes up, right? 
Yeah, she's she uh, gets sort of overcome. Um, she's got a knife with her. She's kind of freaked out at this point in the movie because she notices like a weird van outside mm-hmm. um, right around the time the pizza's delivered. And then she conks out and wakes up on that pentagram and all of the bodies have been cleared. So don't know what happened to them, but we know what's going to happen to her. Um, the ritual is is beginning. I mean, this is basically the end of the movie right here. Yeah, from the ritual to the end of the movie, there's not that much time. Like, it might no. be, like, maybe 10 minutes. But, like, they really save it all up and then just, like, spend it all, like, right before the credits. Yeah. Well, there is a mother figure. We we have the, you know, the Ullmans, the Mr. and Mrs. Ullman. But, um, you know, the woman that Samantha's here to babysit goes by mother. <laughs> What um, is with these satanic movies and having like an old, withered, witchy woman named Mother who is in charge of things? <laughs> yeah, oh, I didn't even think about the name. I mean, we've seen this witchy motif show up a few times. So when we talked about it in The Witch, um, mm-hmm. there was a witch who um, used baby's blood to basically make herself look young again, but she was kind of gross. Pops up in Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this movie, again, it seems to be a trope. I mean, I guess witches are typically ugly, right? In folklore, that's that's, that's like one, one way to frame it. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, don't they also... Are, isn't there some lore around witches where they, you know, need to feed off of people to stay young, feed off of children or... Yeah, um, I think like yeah. feeding off of children. I mean, the the in this movie, like she like uses blood, which I I think is maybe animal blood, but might be human blood. I think she has a goat skull with her mm-hmm. that she's got the blood in, so maybe it's goat blood. Um in the witch, um, you know, she uses a pumice stone against that baby and like covers herself in like baby blood. Like I think that 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 theme of like witches using children or other women to make themselves young or extend their lives is like totally a part of it and witches are of course like you know the devil's henchmen (laughs) so it makes sense that that witches would be pulled into it as well yeah it's just funny to think about them living with this ghastly mother creature above them i mean i wonder what their actual relationship is yeah i mean they seem like a a dark version of the family that they killed like they seem like uh i mean and this is so 80s too like a perversion of the nuclear family is the cult right because it's like you have like not a father figure but you have a mother figure and you have like this i don't know like everything's upside down and evil instead of like good and light and American. (laughs) Good and light and American. (laughs) So it does seem like mother is the kind of key figure here in this ritual because she's the one who comes forward and she's got that goat skull and she's drawn blood on Samantha and then she makes her drink it. So she's really like, she's really guiding like, 
the ritual during this lunar eclipse. Like the lunar eclipse is like in full swing at this time. Yeah. And uh, she, again, looks really grotesque. Um, But eventually, Samantha is able to get out of this, which I thought was cool because I've always thought that the ropes people tie are given a little bit too much credit in some of these movies. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It seems totally. like how would everybody be good at tying tying knots? <laughs> and she does. Um, but some she does damage. get out. Yeah, yeah, she like wrecks house when she gets out of those ropes. <laughs> <laughs> she kills the mother. Mm-hmm. I think she stabs her. She does. Is that right? She stab. Yeah. yeah, she's got the knife. She stabs mother, uh, and then she just keeps stabbing. <laughs> Stab away. She's got to run out. She uh, then she stabs Mrs. Ullman. That's our next death. Yep. Uh, on the way out. After she um, sees Megan, she sees Megan yeah. is dead, pulled into the it's kitchen. Really sad. Yeah, so sad. Um, really funny that he took the time to drag her body inside. Yeah, I what, what was the purpose the of that? Was yeah, Did, I don't know. Maybe they used her in the ritual too. I don't know. Yeah, but um, the this old Mrs. Ullman also is weird looking. She has really shitty hair, as it turns out. You think she's got like this nice black hair, and then her wig comes off, and it's just like scraps scraps of hair yeah do you think that her hair was the the hair that she saw in the bathtub because she like sees like i was wondering that she sees like clumps of hair in the bathtub so i I think i feel like it has to be from mrs ullman it was so gross either mrs ullman or mother but mrs ullman i guess would make sense hard to say hard to say you know there's a lot of confusion when looking at some of these elements, because it's really not clear what's happened. It just is off-putting. Yes. They don't really give us the details of the ritual. Like, we don't really know what it's for um, beforehand. We don't know who these people are or where they came from or what their motivations are. It is just like a straight up, like, there are some evil people in the world and things are not right. And Mrs. Ullman's death is actually the last death in the movie which yes it's kind of funny there's a fake out (laughs) there is a fake out death which I loved this she escapes right she's running out of the house and Mr. Ullman is chasing after her and um she's got um a gun she's got the gun from Victor um who she also stabbed and he's like saying some weird shit to her and so you think that she's gonna shoot him but he's like, no, no, it worked, it worked. And so she just shoots herself in the head. Yeah, she finds out that she is the unlucky recipient of the devil's seed, basically. Mm-hmm. Her destiny is to carry out the devil's wishes. So naturally, she kills herself, or she tries to. And I was surprised by that. And I was like, oh, good job. I, <laughs> I was like, that's probably the best thing you could do in this situation for everybody. Yes, and then she somehow survives. (laughs) It sucks. Like, what? (laughs) Poor girl. Yeah, she's in the hospital, and the nurse is like, you're going to be okay, both of you. Oh. And freeze frame. Yeah. (laughs) Credits. Yeah, Seinfeld uh, theme music. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the ritual itself was very effective definitely i mean i'm wondering if it's actually what kept her alive 
You know, that's a good point because when she shoots herself, the lunar eclipse comes to a very abrupt halt. And they talk about it. Like yeah. it's on the TV at the hospital. They're like, scientists are still baffled by the unusual mm-hmm. events during the lunar eclipse last night. <laughs> you know, that would cause some real fucking big problems here on Earth if that really happened, <laughs> I think. Uh, have you ever seen, yes. um, I think it's Bruce Almighty or Evan uh, Almighty? A long time yeah. ago. Yeah. There's yeah. this scene where... What is his name? Uh, Jim Carrey. I'm like, who is in this movie? Jim Carrey (laughs) ropes the moon closer so his girlfriend can see it better. Oh, right. And it causes all of these problems like with our oceans. Like all of our tides are fucked up and there's like tidal waves and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you can't fuck around with the fucking moon. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm wondering what else would have happened on Earth if the eclipse was just halted. (laughs) Just suddenly halted. What does that even mean? Has the sun, well, the sun doesn't move, but does the earth stop moving? Does the moon stop moving? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, I'm glad that they just kind of left that as is because I've never thought about the mechanics of what it would mean (laughs) to stop a lunar eclipse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the real, that's the real horror. So I agree with you. I think this was a successful ritual. Little, little over the top, stopping the moon from completing its eclipse. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's because she shot herself, but that's pretty powerful. I know. I, I like this movie. I don't think it's one I like want to watch all the time, but like, I feel like I respect what it's doing. Um, but I'm like pretty, I'm like pretty like neutral to positive on it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, I've seen it twice. I did buy it. um, And I'll probably watch it again at some point in my life, but I won't try to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I didn't think that I, I I had seen it once not long after it came out. And um, I was watching like a really poor quality version of it. And there's a lot of dark scenes in this movie where I just like could not tell what was going on. And I was like, this movie has really good ratings, but I don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yes. And then when I watched it again for this, I was like, no, this is pretty cool. Like, I think that the plot like could use some work. And I don't know if I would go like out of my way to watch it again. But I think if someone asked me about it, I would say like, oh, yeah, if you want to watch Definitely. a movie, that's like, yeah, because I mean, it's so good at seeming like it's from the 80s that it's hard to tell that it's not. And I think that that's cool in and of itself. Yeah, I agree. I would definitely curl up on the couch with you and watch this together. Yeah. <laughs> It's just an easy popcorn flick. <laughs> well, you heard it. That's our recommendation. So if you're in for a super, super, super slow burn, this might be for you. Enjoy. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching. Happy watching.